Hi, I'm Amber, and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. Her name is Austin Cavelli, a medical name, and she is a physician assistant and a dietary consult. Welcome, Austin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. I love your name, you know, because, you know, I live next to Austin. So I think it's just so, so cool. <laughs> you know, thank you. I know it's either name. I get, oh, I love your name. Um, other people are it's like, oh, I was expecting a guy. <laughs> so I get That's it. interesting. Huh. Yeah, all the mm-hmm. time. Okay, so let's start out. You are a physician assistant. Yes. Would you tell me what exactly is a physician assistant? And how does that differ from being a doctor? What can you do? What are you not allowed to do? So um, technically as a physician assistant, I have to um, be like working under a doctor in the sense of like a hospital setting or private practice. Um, So I am an assistant to um, a physician, but uh, in sense of what I can do, I basically can do everything that the uh, medical doctor can um, in the sense of diagnosis, treatment, writing prescriptions, getting um, uh, radiograph, like x-rays, imaging. Um, so pretty much, yeah, it's it's just a little less liability, um, which is always a good thing in the medical field. Um, and then as far as uh, being, I actually, where I went to school was uh, at Cornell in New York City. And it was a surgical program as well. So I've had experience in the operating room as well, um, working, you know, being able to, to close incisions. So um, the spectrum is, is wide for physician assistants and it's less schooling. It doesn't require the residency and fellowship that the MD does. So um, a little bit more flexible in the sense of days, you usually do three or four days a week, um, like 12 hour, 15 hour shifts. So yeah, that's uh, the, the big gist of it, I'd say. <laughs> nice. And I'll tell you a little secret. I've actually had more success with physician assistants than the doctors. I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> that may just be my experience. But time yeah. we have more time to spend with patients. And so um, especially in a private practice setting, um, we're the ones who really do the, um, the kind of uh, the most of the consultations, like one-on-one with the patient. And then the doctor comes in kind of at the end says, yep, I agree. Good to go. So a lot of times the patients are like, oh, where's, you know, where's Austin? Because I'm, you know, not, I'm not used to dealing with you, um, for that long period of time and in the sense of the doctor themselves. So. Yeah. I, I always got like, you know, I specifically would ask for the physician assistant that that's who you normally got anyway. That's yeah. just what was available. If you didn't have an appointment way ahead of time. Right. And then they would say, Oh, you're in luck. You actually get to see doctor, you know, my doctor. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yay. <laughs> we, I was kind of looking to you know, finish up the combo I had last time with the PA. <laughs> Not that I didn't like my doctor. I shouldn't say I, I yeah. did like my doctor very much. He's retired now, but I did like my doctor, but I yeah. really liked the, the PA. Yeah, but, uh, no, she moved on to bigger and better anyway. And she moved into Austin instead of uh, Round Rock. Okay. So that was sad. So we lost her before no. we lost our doctor. Now I have nobody. So I'm just not going. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go to the little minor, whatever, if something happens, but yeah, like the, yeah. The I'll, I'll get my own test done. I just went through and did a whole uh, battery of tests j- just to see where I was, you know, my yeah. cholesterol, A1C, uh, you know, vitamin levels, all that kind of stuff. And it was oh, awesome. all just dead on except for cortisol. I need to work on that. Okay. So, cortisol Maybe was too sleep, way. Some yeah. sleep issues or I don't, well, I just, oh, my, I had an aura ring, but I'm charging it now. But uh, according to that, I'm getting fine sleep. So okay. I don't know. I think it's stress, whatever. It's a situation. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm been the week. On, yeah. It's like, oh, I need to do. I know. Right? <laughs> how do you do it? I'm so good at it. I don't even know how you do that. So. <laughs> okay. So um, let's go ahead and talk about your health background. Like, uh, I, I know you had some kind of issues going on. And yes. it, it kind of led you to carnivore, I'm assuming. Absolutely. And it, now you have this passion for carnivore. So yeah, explain sure. all that so we can kind of know why. 
Yeah. So I always had digestive issues um, growing up and my family and an Italian family, that is a hard thing to, <laughs> to have because um, I grew up where, you know, if you, you ate what was on your plate, you were getting second or thirds because it was kind of rude not to, to leave left. Like we didn't have leftovers. Um, my dad was one of six. So, you know, him growing up, it was like, eat, 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 eat get your seconds while you can get them. So he, he kind of also had that um, within our family, carrying those, those habits over. And um, yeah, so it was, you know, we're going to finish the meal because mom and dad spent time cooking it. And some things just did not agree with me yet. I continued to eat them to out of respect, um, particularly uh, lactose intolerant not good as far as Italians and cheese. Um, so that was a big one. And then over time, it really became more noticeable with vegetables. And that was really probably closer to my um, late teens, early 20s. I was going, I was seeing, you know, the uh, gastroenterologist getting endoscopies, um, where they look down into your stomach, um, getting colonoscopies as well was because of a lot of the fiber and um, fiber was actually worse for me in the sense of constipation and um, just overall movement, digestion. So I was um, having, you know, bloody stools as well. So I had colonoscopies, you know, three and four of these by the time I was in my mid to late twenties, which just isn't normal, but every time they would say, oh, a little inflammation looks okay and little inflammation. It's like, I, there shouldn't be inflammation. I should be good to go, you know, like what's going on. So that was always weird to me. Um, and then they would, um, pass it off as, uh, you know, it not, it's not that bad compared to, compared to what, <laughs> compared to someone who has, you know, hemorrhoids or lesions that have colon cancer. Like, what are we comparing it to? So my answers, the answers were never great. Um, so I took it kind of into my own hands. My brother um, moved, had moved out at the time to Portland, Oregon, where paleo was like, hey, this is a new thing. This is a trend. Um, so we were just like, hey, let's try it. And it doesn't, it, you know, paleo does not include dairy. So it was like, oh, easy. I can, you know, that's my thing. Like I can cut that out completely and see where it gets me. So that's kind of how I started whole foods, paleo, um, transition to keto, transition to carnivore. Less fiber was definitely better as I went from each one um, and the, namely the cruciferous vegetables. Oh my goodness, those were the absolute worst. So your broccolis, your Brussels, cauliflower, which um, keto is heavy on, on cauliflower for making that the substitution for anything grain. Uh, so then once I went carnivore, it was like, Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, plant sources being out completely. Uh, I've never been more regular. I, I really have no digestive issues at this time. So. I hear you. I'm, I'm, I was in the same boat. That was the thing that kind of shocked me because when I went to keto, I thought, oh, this is great. I, I don't have as yeah. much constipation. I don't have as much gas. This must be what normal is. I, I don't have the bloating. I don't have all this. And then yeah. the first couple of days on carnivore, I was like, what the heck? Absolutely. This is awesome. I didn't I have a clue what real good digestion was. So right. I'm, I'm with you there. No, finding like the new normal. It's just this aha moment. And you're like, wow. It's sad. It is sad. Do you find this a lot in your patients? Yeah, but with, so I will say with the, um, the social media around these diets, they're expecting it sooner than, you know, for me, it was a couple days you've noticed things, but weeks you were just like, yes, this is now the regular. And you do have to go through that transition period. So now I feel like the, you know, just us being Americans want it quick, quick, quick yes. ASAP. And if it's not happening in three days of starting carnivore, they're like, what is going on? Like, or they have the diarrhea that is pretty typical with having no fiber and, and regulating. Um, they're like, oh my God, it's not working for me. So I do have to, you know, kind of give them that timeline that you have to have the sense of years and years of years 
of not eating optimally, and then you go, you can't expect it overnight. Um, so, but that's really funny because last night I was talking to Judy Cho about this very thing where she was saying that because of all the hype around it, which, you know, I, I, I do a lot of the success stories for Meet RX. Oh, yeah. and, and in a way, I mean, it is a miracle for a lot of people, yes, but it doesn't mean every single person is going to get those results like that and right. going to have the same results. And right. so people go to it like what you're saying, and they're like, wait a minute, this did not clear up right away. This yes. is not so miracle like, you know? Yes. So, oh, especially I, the weight loss. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know. yeah. And, and a lot of times people are coming from a ketogenic diet to carnivore. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as like the water weight of carbs, they've really, it's not going to be that big whoosh right. that they're expecting. Um, so I do like to kind of shed light on that as well, that if you're going, <laughs> yeah, if you're going from standard American to carnivore, yes, you may see it yes. more quickly, but also, you know, women, you know, ho- uh, hormone regulation, it all takes time. Uh, so yeah, the hype around it is again, that kind of quick fix and you just have to keep in mind that it's been, you know, I always ask, how old are you? Well, I'm in my fifties or sixties. It's like, okay, fifties and sixty years of standard American carnivore, you know, let's, uh, yeah. we gotta, we gotta give it a little time. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, And and I think, you know, and and that's probably why a lot of people just consider it to be a fad because it's just like the next, you know, quick promise kind of thing, like, Oh, do this. And, and all your ales will be gone. Take this snake oil kind of thing. And people buy into the hype part of it. I mean, people do have real results. I hear it every day. So it is real. It's just, it's, not necessarily the same for every person or yeah. going to happen that quick, you know? Right. I mean, you know, it takes a long time Absolutely. to heal. Very and the goals really matter. I mean, if weight loss mm. is the goal or if you're trying to reduce inflammation in general, like all of those things matter. Um, and where you, again, where you started from to where you want to get to, um, it's, it depends on the individual on so many levels. Mm. Um, and then, like you said, here you are, your diet is in check, obviously. And then your cortisol is still a little bit high. So like what else is going on? So I I think I also like to frame it. I don't like the D word diet is just, um, it it makes me cringe every time. I like to say lifestyle and say, you know, looking at sleep, looking at how people deal with stress. Holistic. Exactly. Whole picture. Yeah. I love that. I think that is so incredibly important. And to be honest with you, I think that was a, well, a lot of pieces of the puzzle that I never put together because I focused only on diet or diet and exercise because those are the two and and they are very major. Yes. But if you don't have all the other stuff in place, guess what? Because I'm having issues with that cortisol. Let me just tell you, um, you know, I, I'm a strict, pretty strict carnivore. I mean, I allow spices and stuff, stuff like that, and, but I don't have cheat days and stuff like that. I don't do yeah. that. But oh, I yet, hate the word cheat. Yes, That's another yet, thing. my weight <laughs> has kind of started creeping up, creeping up, and now my clothes are tight, and I'm like, what the hell? I haven't done anything different. Yeah. And then yeah. when I got that cortisol report back, but I, I was thinking maybe I had Hashimoto's or something. I didn't know. Yeah. You know is it just menopause? I don't know. But uh, then the cortisol was like, Shoo! and I was like, mm, okay, now I know what I need to work on. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, yeah. it's really whole picture is so important. Okay. So speaking of that, okay. You see patients all the time. Mm-hmm. How do you approach a patient? Say I came in and I, and and I say, you know, my life is so hectic right now. I, I barely had time to come see you, but I'm having these issues. I, I'm not sleeping well. Um, I, I'm gaining weight, but I haven't changed my diet. And I, yeah. and my diet was spot on and I, I was doing great with it. And then all of a sudden I'm not, um, yeah. you know, or they, uh, or they will still, they'll say, you know, but I've been so strict. I've been doing everything right. Strict carnivore. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I do. I say, okay, but let's go through. So I definitely approach, I, I definitely want to know the details of their medical history to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are, what's prevalent in your family? What's, what have you been diagnosed with personally? Um, do you have any previous lab work? 
to show just so we have a baseline. When did you, what diets have you tried? When did you feel less feel like your best where you weren't even thinking about your health? Like what was happening at that time and what has changed up until now? Um, so it kind of getting this whole picture and then also looking, like I said, at their overall lifestyle. So many people will be like, oh yeah, no, I don't know. Like they'll, they'll brush over that. I'm like, well, what do yes. you do for movement or activity? Like it doesn't have to be the strenuous gym exercise, um, but just day to day. So I, I walk through what is your typical day? And many people I'm ex in my experience have incorporated, you know, a morning routine and a nighttime routine and uh, you know, trying all the biohacking things of, of no, you know, uh, minimizing blue light and all of that. And just being in that space. And they are like, well, I wake up and then I shower and then I start my day. And I'm like, do you, you know, any practices of gratitude or meditation or any of these things, um, just for coping with stress or starting your day on the right foot? Um, and no, they're like, then they immediately go to their breakfast. Like, yep, see, I do eggs, I do the steak. Like, so what's wrong with me? Um, so it is, they, they do focus on the diet, but I, I like to get the whole thing. So sleep, um, stress levels, how they cope with it, just overall lifestyle, um, kind of day-to-day, morning routine, nighttime routine. Um, I had previously uh, was living in New York City, which personally I think is one of the most, um, it's a beautiful city and I don't regret living there, but, um, it is a very toxic environment in the sense of, I mean, even if you're living in an apartment building, how much radiation, like you're being exposed to in the sense of all the Wi-Fi and, uh, or the EMFs, um, uh, sorry, uh, as far as, you know, one apartment, how many are surrounding you, you know, things like that, you just can't control and pollution and this and that. So um, long story short, um, even things of, are you using plastics? Are you using glass, wow. like chemical exposure for hormones uh, in your household? What do you use on your body, your biggest organ? Um, you know, as far as your skincare, uh, I do like to look at everything. So People are like, well, you know, the, the consult is going to be at least an hour. What are we going to talk about? I'm like, oh, we have a lot to talk about. It is a whole picture for sure. I, I love that. I think that is so incredibly important. And I think that's what so many of us are missing because yeah. it's all about sick care. It's not really about health care. Right. And so we just, you know, a band-aid to fix whatever your symptoms are instead right. of figuring out the root issue and going at it from the bottom up, they're kind of starting, eh, let's just kind of numb this stuff. And, yeah, and no, people like with your life. think about no. what quality of water you're drinking, like filtered mm -hmm. water, if it has minerals in it, no. or, you know, and like I said, the plastics versus glass or, um, all of these things kind of leaching into, <laughs> oops, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I, I got but... work to do too. Yeah. I got work to do. I mean, between the, the stress and, uh, my sleep is pretty good and all, but, you know, doing stuff like that, I've kind of worked on some of my skincare, like mm -hmm. I'm using fancy farm, uh, the yeah. tallow skincare. So I'm yeah, the fancy real happy. Yes. I wear makeup. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm in the process of kind of searching out some, some better, you know, things. Yeah. But Same. I'm not going to not wear my makeup. Things run out. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah kind I'm not going to buy that yeah. again. I'm going yeah. to not go to Sephora and spend a bajillion dollars every time nope. I am going to find the safer alternative and, you know, whether it's soap or shampoo or mascara or, you know, whatever. But yeah. yeah, no, I'm trying and it, it, it yeah. is, it's it is for everyone. Yeah. You know, and wherever you look, like you say, you just don't know. I mean, everywhere no. you go and, and just like when you go out to eat, you don't know what they're cooking in seed oil. You yeah. pretty well know that yeah. they're going to, but you know, even if they tell you no, you're like, or if you ask, right. is that real butter? They're like, well, yeah, it's real butter. Yeah. No, I mean like real butter. Right. Yeah. It's butter. I've no, even asked about salt, you know, like what kind of salt yes. is it? obvious that it's, you know, table salt, are, are there any additives in it? Um, as far as, you know, the sugar to make it so it's not declumping, that it's not clumping up. Um, and 
even you know the the waitress at the time didn't know the difference between sea salt and table yep. salt versus yep. Redmond salt. I mean, there was just yep. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have my Redmond salt with me at all times. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> what I, we do. We have the little yeah. shakers, and that we just bring that with us. Lesson just, learned. <laughs> it's just easier. I mean, you know. I, I, ex- I accept the fact that if I go out to eat, which we do once or twice a week and I, I get, you know, like either just the burger patties, which are natural burger patties or a, a steak and that's all I get. Yeah. And, but you still don't know what they cooked, yeah. in, you know? Yeah. So I accept that fact, but I try to eat really super clean the rest of the time. So it kind of makes up right. for that. And that's kind of what I try to do with some of the external stuff. Like I've started with my skincare and then, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, but you got your deodorant, you got your makeup, oh, I know. You got your, your hair products. And you, you know. could literally sit on the computer <sighs> for hours at a time, trying to find the cleanest product. It's yes. like, deodorant don't even get me started i've I've tried um yeah i don't know what the best answer is but we're i'm trying a couple of them out and it's just like you know you but you're the the fact that you're conscious of that is great that it's next level you know that you're you're trying to to take it uh, one step further just for your overall health is is important it's it's the awareness of it yeah And, and i think you know every little step forward you make it's a, it's a good thing. So right. the more you weed out, the more your body can probably handle the other crap that you can't weed out. So, exactly. I mean, not right. saying it's good, but yeah, no, the environmental things that it's like, you know, there's fires in California and there's, like I said, yeah. in New York city, like there's things you just can't control. Um, it is what it is. So yeah, those types of things you is what you can control. You, you do your best and it's all you can do. So did you find yourself more stressed when you were in New York city versus where you, okay. Yeah. I figured so that's, that feels to me just watching TV shows in New York. I feel like this. Yeah. No, your autonomic nervous system is on (laughs) fire. Um, And and it's not like I live out in the country. I live in like the suburbs and near big cities, but yeah, I can't, I just couldn't imagine that. No, no. And I'm from upstate New York where it is suburbs. So oh, it's okay. funny. Every time I okay. would go home and visit, um, my dad would be like, Oh, listen. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, you hear the birds, you hear nature <laughs> because New York is not like that. You don't hear any cabs or, or sirens or this and that. So yeah, just, just being in, you know, a city alone, uh, whether it's New York or even a smaller city, there is, there's different levels of stress, um, different energies that you're just like, oh, wow, this is, when you do go on vacation, you're like, this is less stress. You, you feel it pretty immediately. Yeah, that's so crazy. I, I, I can imagine that. I mean, oh, yeah. and stress, stress is real, people. I, 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 I used to blow that off, just blow it off. And mm-hmm. now I'm kind of seeing it with my own self. And I'm just like, oh, I guess it kind of does matter. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I <laughs> recognize, you know, blowing it off or like just sinking it down deeper in you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, versus confronting it or yeah. coping with it in the sense of, whether it's meditation or reading a book, like there are ways to deal with it and then to push it away. Uh, and I think just it manifests later in some other form. Um, so yeah, dealing yes. with that and, and seeing how patients deal with that. I, I think it's a really, really important part of the puzzle for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about bio-individuality. Like how do you approach patients? Because we're all a little bit different. I mean, we're the same, but we have different issues going on. How yeah. do you deal with that? And how important is that to look at each person as being different? Yeah. So, um, especially in the sense of the diet, like I said, they'll kind of tell me, um, it's almost like their badge that they've been strict carnivore. Um, and that is, it, I mean, I, I don't want to downplay it because it, it's a big step. You know, they, they feel that they've this all or nothing approach. It's kind of dogmatic to them. And they feel like they've given up a lot, which is, I give them a lot of credit, especially um, people with autoimmune conditions. I think it is, mm. it's a great approach to eliminate, uh, to use it as an elimination approach to kind of get a baseline, but it's not always the best approach for everyone. So I think bio-individuality is a, a 
big, um, it's a big part of my practice, just in the sense of finding out what works for you. And that doesn't have to be strict. Um, for some people, it is a little bit of carbs for other people. It's incorporating, you know, chicken, pork, not just doing beef, uh, uh, some people, yeah, like I said, a little bit of plant sources, they're okay with that. They, they need that kind of, uh, more, there's people that are abstainers and moderators. Mm -hmm. So, um, for sustainability and for lifestyle being, there are definitely personalities of moderators where if you, they having a little bit of, of everything just makes them more sane versus other people who are, you know, the people who are carb, um, that struggle with carb, uh, addiction or sugar, like even a little yeah. taste of honey sets them off. They would rather abstain from it completely. Um, so I do see that as well as person in, in personalities, um, for bio-individuality. Uh, and I, I definitely keep that in mind. Uh, I have a sister who is an all or nothing type and she, we, she has uh, Hashimoto's. We're transitioning now to a low carb mm. approach and she needs, um, I'm trying to get her out of the all or nothing mentality. So, so badly, but she's still like, I feel like I'm cheating. I feel like I'm cheating mm. because she's eating um, things that are sweetened with stevia, but we're, oh. I'm using those as transitions. Mm -hmm so that she can get away uh -huh. from the addiction of the, the sugar and the, the chocolate or the carbs. Uh, and she just feels so guilty about it. Uh, so, but for her, this all or nothing approach has never worked. So I'm telling her like, it's okay. These are healthy options. You're, you're staying away from grains. You're staying away from processed foods. You're introducing just an alternative to get you through. And then you'll see that your taste buds have changed and you probably won't even want that stevia sweetened fat bomb anymore, you know? So, but if that's what it takes to transition you, um, that's absolutely, you know, okay. Like it's not just cause you're not strict all or nothing. Uh, so yeah, those are a couple of examples, but then also by bio-individuality in the sense of their nutrients. So looking at their symptoms, what, um, you know, there are certain, certain um, deficiencies that we're seeing that point to, um, that kind of correlate with, with symptoms or cravings. Uh, so if someone is deficient in something, seeing that even in their labs or with the symptoms, focusing on, okay, well, you know, maybe the best, a better approach for you in the sense of diet would be incorporating this food because it has higher amounts of that in it. Um, so taking it on, on that level as well, in terms of nutrient deficiencies, There's that's so awesome. many things to consider for the individual. There are. Um, and then again, stress and how they deal with it. And some people are, you know, I, I had a client yesterday who I said, do you have any stress? She said, no, my, you know, her, her, her approach to life was, um, to, uh, wait to worry is what she told me. And I thought it was great because, um, she said, you know, there's people who they do, they focus on the future on the future or something that hasn't even happened yet. And they're worrying about it already. So I wait to worry. And then when it does happen or when it's out of, you know, when I do have to make a choice or do something about it, I pray because it's pretty much out of my hands anyway. It's how it's going to unfold is how it's going to unfold. So for someone like that versus the other person who is high stress all the time, you know, like their mm -hmm. um, uh, approach to diet and approach to lifestyle is going to be different um, in terms of a plan from a consultation yeah. perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do think that's so important because we are all not the same. And, you know, our personalities do affect things. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people who I don't like just jump into cold water. Eh, no, ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna put my toe in and my foot. And so the whole like what you said you're doing with your sister, where yeah. I started out keto doing the whole thing, the desserts, all of that replicating. Yeah, I mean, I was there. Absolutely. And, and it just kind of tapered off because I just stopped caring. So by the time I uh, transitioned to carnivore, I had already gotten rid of most of that. And I was really yeah. pretty much just eating uh, meat. 
you know, maybe not so much red meat, but, uh, you know, cause you don't want to eat too much meat, right. Even right. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, vegetables. So there wasn't yeah. really, it wasn't that dramatic of a change for me, honestly. Right. But, uh, but you know, uh, people do have to, you know, work with their own self, but one yeah. size fits all can't fit. Right. And you have to, you have to look at it. Like, why haven't you gotten there yourself? I mean, especially as a consultant, um, you're coming to me because you haven't been able to do it yourself. So why haven't you been able to do it yourself? And for my sister, for example, I think it was the fact that it was just this all or nothing. It was, you know, and then she was like also adding on, well, I need to exercise too. And I'm like, we got to take it slow because if you make all these changes at one time, mm-hmm. you're going to fall off the wagon much more yep, quickly. Yep. Um, it has to be a transition. You have to make it a habit. Um, and, and it, like you said, dipping your toe in, you are already a step ahead by eliminating the grains, by eliminating the processed food. So like yep. the, you have to, you know, say good job, like, you know, commend yourself for, the fact that you you've already taken it one step and again it's it's a journey health is a journey um you can be a provider you can be a pa you can be a doctor you're still there's still every single person in this world can make an improvement to some degree big or small there's nobody who has health like 110 percent done no yeah there's there's never a finish line never never it will be a journey for your entire life Yeah. That's what I try to tell like my clients is that, you know, just stop looking at something with a finish line because that's where we've always, yeah. Yeah. Just get rid of that. Get rid of that pressure, that stress, just get rid of that. And just, let's just focus on one step at a time and get rid of that date. We don't need a date. We don't need a finish line. We're good because this is something that's going to continue. You're going to change. You have to evolve. That's what I'm learning. Uh, What worked for me a year ago is not working for me right now. So oh, yeah. even in carnivore, you know, no, even if yeah. it's in, within a niche, like your, yes. your carnivore journey, it, it evolves, you know, you were eating initially all animals, you may find beef is best or, oh, I really miss chicken. I'm going to start incorporating chicken again. Like it just changes all the time. It, it does. And, and when you're so stuck in dogma and, yeah. and you, you identify with that diet lifestyle, Instead of worrying about what's best for your body is such a huge mistake, but I see it all the time. And it's like, and I probably was that person to be honest with you, but after seeing so much of it, I I started questioning. I'm like, this is kind of dumb. What difference does it make if if you have a different version? Does that not make you a carnivore? Does that not make you keto? Does that, whatever it is. Right. The identity with diet is definitely something that has, Mm. that is just really prominent right now in social media and just everywhere. And it's great, you know, that we have people um, leading the community and, you know, they're quote unquote, the experts in, in the space, as far as, um, you know, continuing to lead through with the research. And uh, I think that's important just from a science background. I think, you know, we, we want to learn more, obviously. But I think people are becoming obsessed with the, well, the best way to do it. And the best way to do it, even though like, yes, we're learning the science, but the best way to do it is the way that really works for you. Um, even if the science, you know, says something different, it's still, it has to work for you. It has to be a lifestyle. It has to be sustainable. Exactly. If if you're not going to stick with it, what the heck's the point? I mean, because no offense, but science has steered us wrong or what science has said for all of this time up until now that we're actually now seeing, you know, low carb and keto and, and new science. Um, so we can't. And it changes. It yeah. changes. There's more information. There's more research. Absolutely. There's more antidotes. I mean, things change and you have to be willing to evolve with it. And, right. you know, I'm learning that lesson. So no, you I'm, know. I'm with you. I am with you. Okay. So as a um, physician's assistant, mm-hmm. what kind of issues do you see the most often when a patient comes in? Why are they coming in? What are you seeing? 
Yeah, so as far as the spectrum, um, it's pretty wide. It can be from people who are just starting, who are coming from standard American um, to autoimmune conditions. And overall, you know, it's this many, many clients say to me, which is kind of uh, heartwarming. I want to reduce inflammation. I want to optimize my health. So the fact that that's just like out there and people are recognizing that makes me very happy. Um, but it's, it's figuring out what that means. Um, and obviously creating a plan where they're able to do that. And they, and that they have a sense of, of how we're going to reduce that inflammation, I think is important. So I like to educate clients on that. Um, mostly as far as their kind of chief complaint or their, their major symptom that I see, it's usually digestive issues for sure. Um, yeah, it's, and, and, or I would say skin manifestations would be probably the second most common. Hmm, Very interesting. uh, Yeah. So whether it's gas, bloating, um, constipation, diarrhea, uh, and it's, it's usually the usually gas or bloating that they say like after a meal. Um, the other thing is the highs and lows with, um, their meals. So having those kind of crashes, um, or just feeling very distended after a meal and wanting to take a nap. So those, those spikes in insulin, um, that would be the other thing I'd say. Those are probably the three, three most common. I wouldn't have thought digestion. That's interesting. It makes sense, but I just wouldn't have thought that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So being that you're in the medical field and there's like this expectation and sometimes it's forced on you, you know, through boards and et cetera, like doctors where you have a certain scope of practice and you're not allowed to veer out of that. Like doctors can get in a lot of trouble if they don't stick with the recommended nutritional guidelines. If they, you know, do this bad diet stuff, they, you know, can lose their jobs, nurses too. Um, How has that affected you? And if it has, how do you deal with it? Yeah. So honestly, um, in, I was working in, uh, with people with inflammatory conditions and, in um, orthopedics and rheumatology, uh, these were all, you know, inflammation based conditions, um, uh, acute flare ups, chronic. Um, and I wasn't really able to say, well, what are you eating? Because I don't have that, um, uh, as a PA, like I, you would, you would need to be a nutritionist or, you know, it was, it was a specific scope of practice. So even asking them about their lifestyle, it was more so, um, you know, were you a runner or, you know, did you like activity level was, was emphasized and then looking at, um, you know, their x-rays and focusing on that more objective data versus, the individual themselves. So there is, there is a fine line and, and uh, more so in terms of how to give advice about it. So yes, like even if I could ask them, well, has your diet changed at all? Um, and they could say, yes, absolutely. It went from this to that, um, good or bad. I couldn't say, you know, well, I recommend this diet. Um, to, to say a diet would be a no, no, you know, it was just, well, maybe you should consider looking into your diet, or maybe you should consider if anything, it was consider weight loss. That's a very, that's a very common one. I, and I'm sure other people can relate that yes, their doctor or PA said you should lose weight, but they didn't tell me how to lose weight (laughs) or they told me I should look into my diet, but they didn't tell me how to change it specifically. Um, my parents, uh, my dad had a health scare not too long ago. And I said, okay, so what did he say? And he said, well, just to eat healthier. And I said, and did he clarify what that meant? <laughs> he said, no, I said, yeah, that's the line that has, that is where you, you can't say much. So, um, it definitely affects, um, how you, how you can, uh, practice and how you can help someone overall with their symptoms or with their condition, um, limiting you for sure. So that is kind of why I've, I've resonated much more with a more functional approach to medicine in that space, because I, I believe that you can help people all around, um, including the diet and the lifestyle and being able to speak on it for sure. 
Uh, I like that. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of the interviews I had and the guy is a registered nurse that works in a hospital mm -hmm. and he would see continually, you know, what, what the hospital food considers oh my something decent for Don't diabetics and stuff. And he would just about lose his mind because he knew he had, he had been through the whole spectrum and, and he did so much research and he knew, but yet he in, within his scope of practice, he wasn't really allowed to say anything, but uh, sometimes he, he just couldn't help it. And he would just kind of try to mention something and uh, it was found out and he was reprimanded and told that if he did it again, he could lose his job. So oh, wow. he had to just sit back and watch this daily. Mm -hmm. And it is so incredibly upsetting to him, you know, watching people lose their limbs and et cetera. And he's like, it's yes. so unnecessary, but he can't say anything because it's, you know, they're giving him all that excess carbs that yeah. or her whatever oh it's that, even in, in the um the fluids that they're giving you oh yeah you know like there's there's something to say for um dextrose just in iv fluids um versus just getting the saline the the salt um nacl uh yeah it's i mean it's even in the iv fluids and i i understand there these are people on um you know standard american diet where they're they are thriving on glucose. Um, they're not fat fueled. So dextrose is their energy, but yeah, you see the meal of after even surgery and it's cookies and soda and it's, it's really unbelievable. Um, it's sad. It's very, it's very hard sad. to watch. It's hard to watch yeah. when, when you know better yeah. and, and you're watching this and you can't do anything. He's so upset that he is trying to work his way out of his yeah. profession, trying to find a, a way to help people without being confined to, you know, his scope of practice. Yeah. And, it, and it's so sad and I feel terrible for him because I can't imagine, you know, having to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. When you know you're doing damage to that person, that's I know. terrible. No, that for me, yeah, I, it's, it's, was not resonating and, um, finding carnivore myself. I feel that, you know, the two things kind of aligned in the sense that yes, I'm a PA and I, I still want to help people. And the, that was my drive. That's always been my passion. Um, but I want to help people in the right way. Um, doing that in a setting that allows me to do that. And with dietary consulting, it is, it's just, like I said, the two have meshed. Um, so I feel very lucky, but yeah, no, I, I can totally, totally, um, relate to that for sure. Okay. So there's like, and, and I just got slammed for this, uh, that what are my credentials? Why do I have the right to say anything? I'm just ignorant. I don't have this big fancy degree with a bunch of letters after my name. Yeah. What do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there are um, definitely people who are, you know, registered dietitians or um, nutritionists um, or, um, you know, that, that do have credentials that are not, that I do not. Um, but I think experience is a, is a much bigger part of that and being able to lead people um, that way. I mean, you want the person who has been through it themselves personally. Um, so I don't think big fancy letters are necessary. Like, yes, my background as a PA is helpful in the sense of kind of looking at, at symptoms and, um, just being able to come up with, um, other ideas, even in my, my background in research, being able to experiment with people, but I don't have a PhD. Um, you know, it's so the letters, yes, they can be helpful, um, and, and build trust in your clients, but I think the experience is much better, um, in the sense of who do you want to be led by? Do you want to be led by someone who has not ever experienced it themselves, but they read a book about it, or do you want to be helped by someone who has been through it themselves and knows kind of the troubleshooting of tips and tricks and, um, that I, I would choose the person who's been through it themselves. Yeah. And, and the thing is too, like, 
we were just talking about, there's certain scope of practice, you know, and, and, and I don't want to bash on nurses or dietitians because there's some really good ones, but you know, they're training, who are they trained by? I mean, (laughs) you know, if you look at who is sponsored, some of the training and, and the classes and, you know, that kind of, yeah, exactly. And you want me to take advice from them? I know. The advice that I did for 40 years? I could go to, you know, a conference that is all based on nutrition saying that it was a PA nutrition conference. Mm -hmm. Are they going to have talks about low carb and carnivore? Probably not. (laughs) It's going, like you said, the sponsored things about if your patient has high cholesterol, put them on a statin, Um, you know, things like that, where it's focus on fruits and vegetables and you're going to see the typical pyramid and no, like, so even, even with the letters or yeah, going to those big, big wig conferences or, you know, this is the national, this or that. No, I mean, that's why a lot of people are, are going to social media and doing their own research or they're hiring a consultant or a coach, because again, I think experience is is much more telling. I, I completely agree with that. And that is one of my biggest reasons why I didn't pursue a, like a degree in nutrition or, you know, to become a dietitian or something along those lines, because I don't want to be confined to that because I don't believe what they're teaching. I, that was not my experience. That did not help me. It hurt me, hurt me bad. And so I cannot in good conscience turn around and preach that to somebody when I know it's wrong or, you know, wrong for a majority of the people. I mean, I'm not saying one person might be okay with it, but generally speaking, I mean, look at the health of our country. It's terrible. So how, how has that advice helped? How has those, how, how those guidelines helped? Yeah. No, I think in, with, in the sense of diet and nutrition, um, Western medicine is not leading us in, in the, on the right path. Uh, is there a place for Western medicine? Yes. For the person who is having the heart attack stroke, who needs acute care in an emergency setting, i you know, antibiotics are, they have, you know, been beneficial for many reasons. Um, but acute setting Western medicine may be there, but if we can avoid those acute issues by changing the diet and the lifestyle, that would be, you know, preventative medicine should be the backbone. Um, yes. So I, I think it's more important for sure. Yeah. Okay. So the last question, we're, we're getting close on time. Yeah. It's, it's a very personal question. And this okay. is something that disturbed me greatly because I was going through some stuff just to kind of learn a little bit more about you. And I, I came that. across <laughs> some comments that really threw me and frustrated me because I've seen other comments on some of my other guests and it sickens me and it's frustrating. What I saw was them talking about how unhealthy you look and that obviously carnivore is not doing you any good. And are you really the best representation for carnivore because you don't look healthy? What's your response to that? Yeah. So I have seen those comments. Um, They do, you know, sting a little bit um, just for a second or two, but um, I really, I don't let them get to me. Uh, I think, you know, if you were to see someone, it's just as it's inappropriate to say that someone is obese. Um, I think it's inappropriate to say that someone's too thin. Like what is, you know, too, uh, like what is too fat? What is too skinny? Um, but then, you know, you have this normal looking person who is eating the processed foods and the seed oils and the grains and, and, but they don't say anything to that person because that's okay. That's acceptable. So um, I try and keep that perspective that it's really, it's just a judgment. Uh, and that, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't judge. We find also that you never know um, someone's complete story. Um, it, it really, like I said, everyone is on their health journey and they're at a different point in their health journey. I personally have, feel the best that I've ever felt. Um, and on, on carnivore and I am, I do right now have goals to gain lean mass, but do I need to defend myself or do I need to justify that to other people? 
No, no, not, not necessary. Um, I just know in my heart that I'm doing the very best that I can and I'm taking action, which is, you know, I commend anybody who wants to take action and make their health a priority. Um, so similar even to clients, um, I guess what comes to mind is similar to clients when they say, hey, um, I'm doing carnivore and my family and my friends, you know, they're attacking me. Do you continue to do what is right for you? I always tell them to, uh, if they are going to approach it, um, never to be defensive or to feel that they need to justify it. Just use, um, take it from the perspective of, uh, or approach it from the perspective of, this was what makes me feel my best because then other people say, oh, well, you feel good. That's good. Like, I want you to feel good. People who care about you want you to feel good. Um, so as long as you feel your best and, you know, lead by example, that's all I can do. So in this space, you know, I am, I'm get trying to get the education out there and, and just lead by example, help people in any way that I can for their themselves, but also yeah, my, I'm on my own personal journey and I have my own personal goals. And um, like I said, I, I feel the best that I've ever felt. So um, looks are, are something people can judge, but um, I, don't, I don't let it affect me. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm going to have to really, you know, work on a thicker skin. Yeah, no, it is. It's having thick skin. And woo, if I had those not, comments, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's not being reactive. That's yeah. what you, you just have to keep in mind. Like, don't be reactive and, or feel that you, cause yeah, you can easily get angered and want to defend it. And then it, then people are going, Oh, why are you getting so defensive? Um, so it just mm. creates more, more stirring. Drama, chaos. drama, drama, drama. Yeah. Drama <gasps> everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Well, kudos to you. I'm impressed. Well, thank you. <laughs> but and, yeah, it's, it is what it is. I mean, especially putting yourself out there in social media. Oh yeah. There would be something. It would be that my hair isn't right or not the right color. Or I'm wearing the wrong shirt. Like something's going to be pulled apart. So oh, yeah. So, yeah. And the bigger you grow, the more I hear it happens. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Austin. I've had a great me. time. It's been and a pleasure. Absolute well, pleasure. You. Yeah, it's, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, subscribe to my channel and go follow Austin. Absolutely. I'll have all of her information below. Yeah. So again, thank you so much, Austin. Thank you. I've had such a good time speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Take care.